You're listening to Tantra Bits, bite-sized morsels of tantric wisdom to help you be a better lover. Brought to you by the Tantra Institute at TantraNY.com. Episode 2, How I Learned to Have Unconditional Sex. I've been having sex for decades, and I've had a lot more than most people. I've studied sexuality in many modalities and systems, from Tantra to BDSM to sexual shamanism. I teach workshops on how to have better sex, and I've coached thousands of couples and individuals. In every way, I'm what you would consider a sexpert, the person people turn to for advice and guidance. Yet even I don't have completely unconditional sex. What is unconditional sex, you wonder? We've all heard of unconditional love, the idea of loving without conditions or predetermined expectations. Unconditional sex is the freedom to have sex without conditions. Whether we know it or not, all of us have conditions for sex, certain circumstances we need so that we can more fully enjoy the sex we're having. Now, we're not talking about consent. That's an entirely different thing. You either consent or do not consent to an activity. Conditions come into play when you've already consented, when you want to have sex. Conditions are the parameters that make you feel more comfortable, more receptive, more capable of relaxing into the moment. Conditions apply to all sex. Sex with a committed partner, a one-night stand, sex with one person or two or three, sex involving any orientation or gender identity, even sex with ourselves. We have sex with conditions. What are these conditions? Well, here are a few that you might recognize. Places on my body I don't want touched. The lights have to be off or on. I need to use my preferred brand of lube or condom. It can't be on the first night. I need to know the person more. I don't want to give or receive oral sex. I won't kiss during sex. We have to use my special toy. I need to know that we can cuddle afterwards. This can't be a one-time thing. It should lead to something, such as a committed relationship. We have to be sexually exclusive. Do any of these sound familiar? We likely all have at least one. Well, here is a great exercise you can try to explore this within yourself, and particularly it's helpful for uncovering some conditions you may not know you have. The exercise is called condition cataloging. You set a timer for two minutes and list as many of your conditions for sex as you can think of. Conditions are as unique as people. We may be conscious or unconscious of them, and they may not even be ours. They can be inherited from parental behaviors, media, religious beliefs, social mores, previous partners. Conditions are everywhere. So what happens when we don't have our conditions met? Well, we may still choose to have sex, sure, But we may not enjoy it, not fully. For instance, maybe we're in our heads, thinking about how we don't like the lube being used, or the quality of touch we're receiving. Or we're trying to figure out if our partner is comfortable, or even enjoying themselves. Or the position we're in is stretching our skin or our hair in an irritating way. The result is the same. Conditions take us out of the experience. So you could say unconditional sex means being fully present, for the experience of sex, as opposed to being distracted by your conditions. It's important to note that unconditional sex is an ideal, something to strive for, and it's by no means easy. Even in my inner circle of super tantrikas and sex teachers, I don't know anyone who has truly unconditional sex all the time. 
not even me, because I'm also human. I do have sex that is less conditional than it ever was before, and that's liberating. For me to overcome my personal circumstances to achieve this level of unconditionality was nothing short of monumental, and it has made me passionate to light this path for others. Because believe me, if I could go from where I was to where I am now, then you most certainly can. What was one of my conditions? I had to be in control of the touch. I had to be the giver. So, if my lover wanted to touch me in a way to give me pleasure, it was often too unpredictable for my nervous system to handle. Why? Well, in my youth, I was touched without consent. And I responded to this by making myself very guarded about touch, in general, but especially during sex. I was extremely particular about who could touch me, where they could touch me, in what moment they could touch me, And I had to ask myself, was I prepared for that touch? And then the specifics of the touch. What is the modality of the touch? Like tapping, stroking, tickling. What are the parameters? Such as the location, the duration, the pressure. What is the quality of the touch? Is it loving? Is it clinical? Is it erotic? And what is the intention of the toucher? Are they giving or taking? Receiving touch became a veritable maze of conditions that I had to painstakingly navigate every time. And no one even knew it, not even my partners. I was a clandestine touch avoider. Sure, to everyone else it looked like having sex was easy for me. But when I would admit my secret, people would look at me dumbfounded. That's when I realized just how hard I was working to allow my body to feel safe with touch. So how did I handle it if a woman tried to touch me during sex? Or touch me in a way I didn't like? Or touch me in a way I thought I wouldn't like? Well, for example, let's say she was touching my chest and I wasn't comfortable. Rather than admit my discomfort, I would immediately redirect her hand to another position as if that was my intention all along. Then I'd focus on amplifying her pleasure until her eyes rolled back and she surrendered into that magical pleasure verse where she was receiving so much that nothing else existed. She probably wouldn't remember that she tried to touch me in the first place, and really, I'd be lucky if she remembered I was there. Yep, I know. Real smooth. But it wasn't about being smooth. The stakes were simply so high. I was terrified that she might try to touch me again, and if she did, then I'd be forced to admit I wasn't comfortable with it. And that would be epically embarrassing. Now don't get me wrong, there were some wonderful and positive things that came from all of this. Through my personal journey, through the books and the courses, I learned such things as how to feel into what a woman wants, the ins and outs, every delectable curve of a woman's body and how to honor them, how to hold an emotional space for a woman to melt into her pleasure and how to elevate her to goddess form and bow down in awe and gratitude. In essence, my fear of receiving had turned me into a super giver. The downside was I wasn't facing my issue. I wasn't undoing my conditioning. I was simply avoiding it. It's like that story. You know, a man walks into a doctor's office and says, Hey doc, my elbow hurts when I go like this. And the doc says, Well, don't go like this. So yes, I became an exceptional lover to my partners, who rewarded me with lavish praise, superhero capes, and some remarkable emails and texts which I treasure. I was living the lover high life. 
while my ability to receive silently atrophied. So how did I work through all this? Well, a few things. Decades of awareness and learning. So talk therapy, somatic work, acting, martial arts, tantra, and ultimately teaching and helping others get through their blocks. Lots and lots of practice with myself. So I became comfortable with my own touch and my body got comfortable with me touching it. We began a new relationship with each other. We learned trust. My body trusted how I would touch it and I began to trust my body. And touch started to become pleasurable, connected, joyous. I didn't do it all alone, of course. I had the support of many patient and willing partners and community. All these courses I took brought with them a range of other seekers, often with stories similar to my own. We shared and practiced and learned from each other. I also learned skills, such as how to communicate with my partners. I could say something like, Hey, generally I don't like my nipples being touched, but I want to change that and I feel okay with you trying it, so let's try it and see how it feels. This enabled me to get out of my head so I wasn't constantly worrying if they would intentionally or even accidentally touch my sensitive spots. And so I made it my mission to learn to receive. Now, it wasn't easy. At first, for a long time, it felt like I was making no progress at all. But I kept going. And eventually, surprisingly, I started to get good at it. Soon enough, I became what I call a touch acrobat so that even if a lover's touch was awkward or energetically mismatched, I could wrap around it with my receiving to make it as pleasurable as possible. So in other words, if they didn't quite hit the touch bullseye, that was okay. I could adjust the target. Pretty wild, huh? Receiving touch started to become one of my superpowers, a practice I constantly hone, a superhero cape I gave all to myself. Today, I'm more comfortable with touch than I've ever been. I'm able to have sex with partners I might not have considered before and in different ways. I'm much more liberated in the bedroom. I've learned it's okay for a woman to touch me in the way that she wants and I can meet her touch. It's a practice, one that I engage in every day. And you can too. Develop a daily practice of deepening your relationship and therefore your trust with your own body. Start by touching your body consciously for five minutes. Pay attention to every moment of your touch and especially to how your body responds. You'll get to know your body better and it will get to know you. And maybe, just maybe, that list of conditions will start to get shorter and you'll find yourself more present in your sex. Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening to Tantra Bits. Bite-sized morsels of tantric wisdom to help you be a better lover. Brought to you by the Tantra Institute. For the latest events and workshops, visit tantranny.com.